I'm Keaton. I'm Laura. And we love stories and talking about stories. So we're looking at the Bible as a story that's filled with real people. And we're hoping that if we um, show the human side of these people in the story, um, that we'll see God is real too. That's right. We want to try to read the Bible with curiosity and maybe let our imagination do more work than it gets to do when we read scripture sometimes. So we're going to start with the question, what did these people eat for breakfast? And we're going to see where it takes us. How did they start their day? And how did the rest of the day go? Welcome to The Breakfast Translation. I have a question for you. Oh, no. That's right. <laughs> have you ever been a part of, like, something was wrong in the world and you got to be a part of making it right? Never. <laughs> Not one time. <laughs> no. I When I was thinking of this question, it was so, I thought, oh, yeah, definitely I'm always a part of the solution yes. and then it was so tricky to try to think of something the only thing that comes to mind is um I'm a very passionate person when it comes to making sure everybody's included in a group message okay so if I get a text with um some friends but not all friends I'll create a new one and make sure that <laughs> uh -huh. everybody is involved that's my big um social justice movement in this world how do you how do you start that thread do you say hey I don't know if you guys were included in the first one. How do you gently, <laughs> well, how do you, how do you navigate that? Something that you can do in iPhones is you can just add people to that initial one and they okay. can't see the history. So then I'll just like start oh. the first text, like kind of summarizing <laughs> in an awkward way, but nice. I'm the only one who looks a little bit repetitive to the people that were already included. Okay. I, I had no idea that was even something you could do. Yeah. Well, that's the only, that you should know because that's apparently my big <laughs> movement in this world. <laughs> so I know. Difference. I did the same thing. I wrote the question like thinking about we're talking about Esther today and I wrote it thinking, oh, I probably have a lot of things that Kai could tell about. And I was like, um, <laughs> I don't, some Christians we are. I'm not sure that I've made the world a different place. Uh, did you come up with something at the end of the day? I, well, it was, yeah, but I did this in elementary school. So those were apparently oh, my, my big, bold glory days were back in elementary school. I, I have always been a person who like, if I saw something that felt unfair to me, I just couldn't sit with it. Sure. And so there was a, some year and I, it might've been fourth grade, but there was a year where they and I think this was just like the teachers wanted us outside. Mm -hmm. Like they wanted to sit by themselves in the cafeteria for a, while, for a few minutes. Oh, I get it. And so they were, you get it. You've seen children. Yeah. Um, they were kind of, they were kind of like rushing us out the door. Mm -hmm. And I have been a slow eater for most of my life. So like I would be halfway through my peanut butter sandwich that my mom had used cookie cutters to make into the shape of you know, a tree or a car oh, or whatever. A great mom move. She, she was good at that. And then I would, I'd be halfway through my sandwich and they'd be like kicking us out the cafeteria. And so I rallied everybody in, in the class <laughs> to stage a protest. Oh my goodness. Where we walked out of class again, fourth grade. Uh, we walked out of class and demanded that we be able to finish our sandwiches wow. before we got sent out to sent out to recess. And the kids were excited about this. I mean, I must have been pretty persuasive because I'm sure I was the only one who was still eating my sandwiches. Who was um, promoting a and shorter like, recess time? I'm not really ready for recess yet. Uh -huh. I need a few more minutes. Uh -huh. um, but I got enough people. And again, this is one of those. You know, last episode we talked about revisiting old. So if somebody played back the tape, who knows what I'm remembering right or wrong. But I very distinctly remember the march. 
like wow like the, it was very like we are together yes. in this <laughs> because I remember it felt like a big move did you stand at a table at any point and um, rally the <laughs> troops or? not that I remember but if again if there was security footage I'm not sure what it would show but I do remember and I think because I felt so wronged mm-hmm um, I think you should have enough time to finish your PB and J. Yes, especially before like swinging. That's right. <laughs> I and I went to recess pretty hardcore. I like skinned my knees a lot. Yeah, you did recess. So right. I needed all the nutrients I could get. Um, once I got out there, I was into it. But I definitely wanted to go slower, mm-hmm. and so I, that's the only time I can. I have I have been a part of probably like other things people have led to make things right. But that was your... That was me just joining somebody else's um, good work. Um, And so I feel like I've been part of community work or like I've shown up to some meetings or things where people were trying to do something for a neighborhood or... Yeah, absolutely. um, But this was the one time where I felt like I was the big leader. Yeah. To this day, do they have longer lunch periods? I <laughs> can only imagine. I can only imagine. But I do know they have to wear uniforms now, which I feel like tiny little me would not have uh, <laughs> would so not have been on board with the uniform. I am a unique individual. That's right. I will wear this quick silver shirt every single day. <laughs> uh, so this is a big part of Esther's story, right? Is this I think we think of her as somebody who makes the move for justice and her story it really rises to the surface in the old testament i think that it's one of those stories that has a lot of power behind it uh you know the story right yeah it rises to the surface not only in the old testament but also in the veggie tales saga <laughs> that's right in <laughs> the very my important favorite veggie tales story <laughs> what happens in it what happens in it? Yeah. What's their, ver- is it just a retelling yeah, or what are the fun tr- elements? It's pretty true to it. I mean, I, yeah. Esther um, gets to be part of the beauty pageant and then she okay. gets select- selected by the king. I forget. I mean, they had to have changed some of the details. Who plays though. Esther? Is it like a, a lady cucumber? She's green. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be able to tell you what veggie she is. She's pretty tall though. She's one of the Probably a cucumber. Yeah. Or an asparagus. I don't maybe. think she's a cucumber though. Cause she, I don't know. She had more like shape. There are some <laughs> asparaguses who aspar- yeah, asparagus. She had a face though. Okay. I'll Google it we'll later. We'll have to look back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're very good at these stories. They mm-hmm. make them very fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So the story, do you remember the basics of the story from the VeggieTales version? Yes. So the story of um, Esther is that there's this king and he is a little bit cruel, correct? And yes. then um, Esther is Jewish, but the king doesn't know that. And he eventually decides that she is going to be his queen out of this pageant that he holds where he wants to have a pretty young maiden. Um, yeah. And her uncle's name is uh, Mordecai. Yeah. And Mordecai ends up overhearing some... Um, some folks plotting to kill the king and he ends up saving the king's life and that ends up helping them out later because it uh, yes. earns Mordecai some respect in the king's eyes. But then there's another gentleman, um, Haman. Who's the villain? Haman. Haman, yeah. who is truly the king's right-hand man, but he gets jealous of Mordecai. Um, so he wants Mordecai to not be in the picture anymore. And he knows that Mordecai is Jewish. So he decides that he's going to convince the king that all Jews must be um killed essentially yes. yeah. yeah and then so esther has to get super brave and step up to the plate and say hey king um i'm actually jewish so if you want to um kill all the jews me and mordecai are going to go too so then yeah flips the script on 
um, everything and saves saves all the Jews' lives. Yeah, I I'm just in stunned. I can't believe how the Veggie Tales <laughs> like really ground this story into your brain. Yeah, like no. you remembered the details better than I did. Yeah, of, of I, what Veggie Tales um, <laughs> rocks. I really feel passionate about Veggie Tales. I think it's a little bit. I think it's polarizing, but to me, it really did a great job. I I think it's a fine thing to take a stand on. Is that Veggie Tales are good? I yeah. don't think that the I don't think death was the penalty. I think they had to get thrown into like this little wormhole. Okay, all the Jews they were probably, get they softened into, the story yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I think they were going to get thrown into this like little pit of despair. Yeah. And I feel like VeggieTales is a good reference because this story is actually, there's a whole festival built around it uh, that my understanding is that it's still kind of a party in the Jewish community mm-hmm. and that it it's a specific festival for children, really. So what they do is they like, they have a, they tell the story and in certain places, what they'll do is when the kids say, or when the storyteller says, hey, man, everybody boos. Okay. And like whenever the bad guys do something, the kids all boo. Oh, my goodness. Whenever you talk about Mordecai, everybody cheers. <sighs> and like that there's all these little cues that the crowd kind of goes along in the story. Mm-hmm. And so it's this way of doing what the VeggieTales did, which is to ground the story into kids. That's what the Purim Festival does mm-hmm. is kind of remind the people of this story and mm-hmm. of the heroics of Esther and Mordecai. Yeah. I do remember um, at one point in the Veggie Tales story, Haman had to uh, travel or bring Mordecai around on a horse. Like he had to lead <laughs> okay. while everybody celebrated Mordecai, this little pea that was yeah. riding a horse. And yeah. It was very goofy. Well, because it is super petty. Mm-hmm. The battle between Haman and Mordecai is this battle for attention and honor and all mm-hmm. this stuff. And it is, uh, it would work well on the face of a vegetable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, just to fill in the blanks, because I think it's fun to, to note that the king's name is Xerxes. Yes. Which is a fun name to say. Xerxes. Yeah. Uh, which I think you could say uh, has your, if you're reading it out loud to a crowd, maybe have some fun with Xerxes. Uh, I think it's important to say that this king Xerxes had a habit of drawing like a a crowd of young women around him, which I think we hear that story with some particular sensitivities sure, absolutely uh, and it makes him seem you know we know that this is a thing that certain men of power do which is to surround themselves not just with women but with young women who make them look better uh there's actually it begins with did they have queen vashti as a part of the veggie tale story yeah and then i think vashti was like no i don't want to hang out with you yeah and then she got she kind of refuses. Or something. Yeah, she refuses to be the king's arm candy, uh, which is a little bit of what he wants these women to do is to make him look better that he's got these women. Um, and so she refuses to do that, which is why he needs to find a new queen. And there is some strange references to like, you know, as we talk about like what they had for breakfast, there's a chance that Esther had to deal with uh, like portion control. Mm-hmm. Like there's a very real thing that they subjected these women to all these cosmetic treatments and that they basically made, they basically served them however much food they thought they should have and what kind of food they thought they should have. In order to maintain what the beauty that they were yes. expected. So as much as it is a a story that we know ends well and good and as much as it's a cause for a festival, it it's darker, I think, than we may know because of these elements um, that, 
you know, we know how this plays out in, I've just been watching The Vow. Have you, do you know about The Vow? Mm-mm. It's based on this Nexium cult that was in uh, Albany, New York. Okay. And this kind of guru type. I mean, we know the story happens in every generation once or twice where like a guru type or a powerful guy finds some reason to get a bunch of young women around him. And so that's a part of the Nexium story and the Val story. Um, we know this is a thing that happens. And so it, it's hard to say with the modern parallels if that would work just right. But it is this idea of men wanting to show their power through gathering and controlling uh, young women. And I, th- I think that does make the story a little darker, but it also, we understand what's at stake even more than we would with the VeggieTales version of it. Yeah, it's a story we've seen before. Yeah, and it makes it even more potent that we be aware of where we're reenacting it in ways we wouldn't want to. Yeah, you know? oh, absolutely. Of like using somebody else to make ourselves look better. Mm-hmm. Um and one of the most famous lines, I just think you you have to talk about this line if you talk about this story, is that Mordecai comes to Esther and says, for such a time as this, mm. and really paints this picture for her of how important her role is. Mm-hmm. And I think usually when we look at this story, that's that's the thing we kind of lock in to, right. is that Esther seems to be strategically placed to save her people. Right. And so I think it's, it's usually used to help draw out of us what, is there anything that we're in just the right place? Yeah. What is our, for such a time as this? Yeah. If I hadn't been in that fourth grade classroom, (laughs) who (laughs) Who knows knows how fast those kids would have had to eat their mac and cheese uh, that year. Um, But I think we, we do kind of lock in, lock into that part of the story. Uh, rightly so, uh, because one of the interesting things about this book is that God is not mentioned at all. Right. Um, and so Mordecai's line is almost the only hint you get that there might be somebody behind the story moving. Uh, this is one of the only books that every once in a while when there have been conversations about, like in early church history, when they were trying to figure out what belongs in the sacred texts. They were like, well, this story doesn't really talk about God, but I think you can, it's pretty easy to read it as Esther was in the right place at the right time Yeah, at the hand of God. And it teaches us to see other, our other stories where we don't get God blatantly yeah. inserted it from a narrator right. to be able to consider how, yeah. how might God be behind the scenes on right, this Right. Because maybe God didn't place her there, but she's there. Mm-hmm. And so what is the opportunity for her there, which I think we, we want to make too much sometimes of God being the orchestrator. I always, it's, I, I try not to say it too much because I think it could hurt people's feelings with it. But a lot of people really think God is over real estate. Mm. So there's something like when people are buying and selling their house that they, <laughs> it's all God's plan. they're just waiting for God to sell their house at the right uh-huh. timing and get them the right house. And I, I think that picture of a God who fixes everything for us, I don't, I don't know if God placed Esther in this place, but there's definitely a way for God to use where she lands. And that's a, that's an easier jump for me uh, to make. Let's talk breakfast. Any feel for, um, let's start with Esther. Any feel for what she would have? I don't know. We talked about the um, unfortunate component of maybe that maybe it was chosen for her. Yes. Um, If she were to choose what she 
wanted to eat, I feel like, I don't know, we've seen bravery in her. So I feel like she yeah. just pick what, what she wanted to eat. Yeah. <laughs> Simple as that. Yeah. Maybe yeah. she said, give me a second plate sure. of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think she must have had a good metabolism, mm. you know, so or maybe she was fit for her own, you know, for her own reasons. Mm -hmm. So maybe she chose to only do whole grain toast. Yeah. Because she enjoyed. Yeah. Taking care we, of we don't know for way. sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I think Xerxes, you know, because he is a character here. And, and also just I want to say it a few more times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, you know, Xerxes is, is like a little reckless. He's oblivious about breakfast. Mm -hmm. So and he probably demands people just bring him stuff. Right. Yeah. Like, I feel like this right now. It doesn't yeah. matter what time it is. <laughs> and I do think he's because of that, that show of control. He, he might be a two plate, a two or three plater. Mm -hmm. uh, but what's interesting is that he does end up kind of doing the right thing. Yeah. You know, so he is part of how he's depicted is, is not great, but he does come around to, um, to saving the right people. Yeah. And, and to honoring Mordecai. Yeah. He seemed like he was able to be influenced rel with relative ease. It was like whatever was in front of <laughs> yes. him right then. Yeah. That's to why be I say like he's a little he reckless. Would. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like he, if, if it just so happened that, um, I keep forgetting his name. Heyman. Uh-huh. Uh, That's the bad guy. Head. Yeah, yeah. The bad guy. If the bad guy had been the last person to have a conversation with him, I think it might have. It yeah. seems like he's a, has the disposition where it could have flip-flopped just because of the most recent yeah. conversation. Yeah. But nonetheless, some... I don't want to dismiss that he ended up making a call that yeah. saved a lot of people. But that's because he was, you know pressured into that right yeah so he would be the person who if they said oh you gotta wendy's new breakfast is the best thing he mm -hmm. would want that you know he would go where the heat was sure. kind of yeah um i think of mordecai i don't know if you have any thoughts on this sometimes i would i can almost see him fasting he seems like a very serious mm. like yeah. a, a very serious person so i feel like he's either fasting or having a granola bar sure just a granola bar yeah so he he's got a lot he doesn't to do. need the fun of yeah. the breakfast. He just he's, needs the functionality. He's doing a lot of organizing. He he does save the king's life. He he does a lot of he's got a lot going on a lot on his plate. Sure. Um well, I think it's important for us this story uh, even though it has this kind of funny place in the canon because of God not being mentioned, it does play a big role in I think the heart of people and our our stories. Uh, I love the idea that Again, it's a feminine story that rises up to the surface that Esther, even though she she does what Mordecai tells her, she is the source of strength mm -hmm. in the story. Um, any any challenge you see from Esther's story, anything that you would it makes you wish you were. Are you are you in any such a time as this? Are you in any places for oh, such a time as this? anything where it triggers yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. It just makes me want to pay attention a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. And think about what. Um, sort of authority I might have in my own unique way yeah. for where I'm at. I think all of us probably have more we could do than we do, mm -hmm. right? There's a, in the common prayer manual, there's this, uh, or common prayer. Yeah. It's the com the book of common prayer. That's what I meant to say. Uh, there's this prayer that you pray almost every day and it's, it's kind of a prayer of confession and it's for the things done and the things left undone. And I always think about that all the time that we think of confession as a thing where we get something wrong, mm -hmm. but just the things that you never did. There's probably a list of like, Oh, I just never saw this. Yeah. And I didn't have a Mordecai to come tell me if you just paid more attention, you could maybe be changing this thing. Yeah. Cause it could have been so easy for her to say, well, it's illegal for me to confront the King. So that's just something that that's not an option yeah. that I have in front of me. 
Yeah, we all feel limited, I think, by something. Whether oh, I couldn't talk to my boss or like, I yes. don't know, whatever. In work situations, mm-hmm. family situations, we just think there's no, I'm not going to affect change here. Right. And we're kind of self-defeating. My grandfather's unshakable or my grandmother is. That's right. Uh, so I think Esther is a good reminder to us to like have the difficult breakfast if we need to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that all of us, wherever we are, we've landed in a place where we we could probably do more than we no, to make it different. Absolutely. And to make it a more generous place for other people, mm-hmm. which is what her work does. Something else that I feel like I should know before we get off is I researched it and she was a green onion in the Veggie Tales. <laughs> <laughs> that is important. I would have never guessed that. I, I would have put all my money on asparagus. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad for that closure. Yeah. And you can go out and watch that later today if you, if you need it. Hopefully it changes the way that you eat breakfast tomorrow. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Thanks for joining us on the Breakfast Translation. <laughs> Look and the